0: But in the 80s, like I would read about a band in Rolling Stone or some magazine and the records were out of print. So you couldn't, you couldn't hear it. So you would hear about this great band and I had a list in my wallet of like 50 records that if I ever saw it, I was just gonna buy. Boom. Because oh, like, cool. so much stuff was out of print. Like it's hard to imagine, but in 1986, like Van Morrison's entire catalog was out of print and not on CD. And uh, the Beatles didn't go on to CD until 1986. And I mean, like you just couldn't, you couldn't find right. records. And the, the holy grail for me was this band from Memphis called Big Star.
2: 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys.
0: <laughs> Fellas, how are you this evening? Very, very well, sir. Very well. Terrific. I'm a, a 4.6 in the COVID scale that we established I, two podcasts. That's the A++
1: on the COVID scale. Oh, I know.
2: That, I know. That is terrific. Yeah, today is a tough day. We'll, we'll talk about that perhaps later when we get into the music. Um, ben Barton, you're in Knoxville. Jeff Simons, you're in California. We went live and legit last night. Unbelievable. Yeah. Posting Unbelievable. podcasts throughout the world iTunes sent me an email today saying we're good to go. So we'll be on iTunes, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio. It's actually like we're real.
0: I know it's a little (laughs) bit intimidating, isn't it? You Um, go from the the theoretical to the actual
1: is a big step. We got a critique on a Facebook comment and I was like, oh my goodness. Well, (laughs) excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't even know the guy. I almost came back. I was like, dude. But then I was like, "No, you know what? About handle this.
2: We handle we, We've got conversation flowing. It's all yeah. good. But let's uh, let's set our goals. We have 45 more podcasts to go because that's our age, 50. Oof. How many downloads is your goal?
0: Okay, so as you know, or maybe you don't know, and if there's a giant podcast army listening to this, I, uh-huh. I put out a single. Uh, in April, and my goal my song. goal was a hundred downloads okay um, what, do you, what do you have so far? I am at 326,
1: nice. so that Excellent. was good
0: Excellent. but i 'm shocked by that number and i think I think a fully two hundred and ninety of those are shocked he'd made music okay i'm expect, i'm releasing' thing on out. friday and i 'm expecting it to go down to about seventy four so I think okay. 100 is a pretty pretty nice number. 100 downloads. Well, downloads but, is one thing. but like, I mean, you can listen to it without downloading it. Like 100 listens would be miraculous.
2: Yeah, I don't really understand the whole thing. So I, I can listen to a podcast <laughs> without downloading
0: it? Is that what yeah, you're Yeah, I mean, you can go to iTunes right now and just write listen, and they're all up there streaming, which is pretty cool.
1: And on Spotify, too. And on Spotify, okay.
0: without downloading.
2: Okay. My goal before we started, was 1,000 downloads. Oh, my God. I Total figured... across
1: all of them or for each one?
2: Well, I just said 1,000. Then I was like, well, we got 50. So that's not so bad. Across all the podcasts, that we're going to do 50. Let's get to 1,000. I figure we can, between the three of us, we can strong arm or cajole 350,
0: right? Maybe. I mean, I, I'll be honest. Like, I... uh <laughs> I was lying next to Sue's last night, working like listening to one to see how it sounded. She's like, "What's that?" I was like, "That's the podcast we did." And she like she said, "Huh." And the "huh" communicated how the 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 zero point oh 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 four percent chance that yeah. she will listen to one of these. So, if my wife's unwilling, I'm assuming the coalition of the willing uh, involves right. just a few. Just a few outliers. Well,
2: I, I mean, I think it's going to be like when I went to that Gomez show a few years ago, where I looked around and I realized, oh, everyone here is me. We're all, you know, <laughs> this particular age from this particular cultural background, that's our audience. Guys who would go to Gomez shows by themselves because their wives wouldn't go with them.
0: So that might be a, There's at least a thousand of those right. worldwide. Yeah, we, just, sure. we just have to find each other. That's, exactly. that'll be the the internet is yeah. really
1: good at that. I will tell you uh, <laughs> one of the, my professional secrets to success uh-huh. is that I only, or not, that's not, I shouldn't say only, I try really hard to only do things that I like. That's it. Okay. So I write about things that I like and I teach about things that I like and then as much as possible, I edit out stuff that I don't like. Good. And then I don't worry about it, like how it's received. I just do the stuff that I like and then let the other stuff take care of itself. So I promise you, I'm going to treat my hobby that way too. So I'd like <laughs> in the number of in terms of the number of downloads, uh, dude, when I, when you sent me the link and I listened uh-huh. to it, I was like, Oh, it was really funny. I enjoyed doing that. That was great. Okay. <laughs> like, mission accomplished for me. Yeah.
0: That, that's, that's a win right there. Right. Now you have to understand Tim is, Tim was raised Catholic. So he does lots of things he doesn't want to like out of obligation <laughs> and with great sadness. That's right. So he's, this will be a good growth moment. Like it, you guys are the yin and yang on that. Tim is like, right. why am I, why am I not suffering? And Ben will say, because you're having fun. And the two of you will kind of teach each other. And then I'll have to figure out what to do to myself. And I'll be in the middle like lukewarm water. Well, speaking of the way I was,
2: uh, Jeff Simons, let's go to the Grammy winner for 1974 to our audience. Here's what we're doing. We're picking out the best song from every year in which we've been alive. It is 1974.
0: What did the Grammy committee say was the best song. And I'm glad you gave me an advance notice on this because I did have to download it I believe to make it. it available.
2: I believe it. It's the Grammy winner.
0: The Way We Were by Barbara Streisand. <laughs>
1: Barbra streisand am i wrong the one that gets played on the radio now is like a, a live one
0: yeah i think you're right i think that, it's that's uh,
1: awful sounding yeah that's, that's a the long gre- lead-in
0: that's from the greatest hits i mean that's the that's, that's the, the definitive release yeah, yeah
1: that's a tough get right there for our gal that's well, my, uh, up her.
2: my daughter asked me who is barbara streisand which kind of stopped me in my tracks
0: like oh my gosh uh, how do you explain Barbara Streisand to a sixteen-year-old? God, what a great question! Because I couldn't. You, I felt like I didn't understand Barbara Streisand when we were kids. I mean, right. I remember like she right. like we went to I, my parents took me to see the main event with Barbara Streisand <laughs> and Ryan O'Neal. You remember yeah. that movie where he's oh, yeah. a boxer and she's like the the yep. like she's supposed to be some kind of gritty. And I remember like twenty minutes in thinking like. Why? 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 Just all of it, like, all of it. and it was explained to me that Barbra Streisand was this beautiful, brilliant ingenue, and she's such a quadruple threat. And then right. I think the next movie she made was Yentl. And I was like, "What the hell is this?" It didn't make any sense to me then, and it makes less sense to me looking backward at
1: it. So I did not get that question, but I had a similar thing where when A Star Is Born came out. Uh-huh. Uh, my older daughter was really super into it and, it, right, and actually, yeah. I, li- I really liked it too i thought the music was great
0: right and
1: uh and i was like oh, it's a remake and she was like really it's a remake i was like yeah i think it's been made like three or four times and right. she was like oh well we should we should go back and i was like oh yes we should <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we <laughs> definitely should do that and i was i was like i didn't give her any hint at all i was like We'll watch the last one from the 70s and the streisand one oh man you can't it didn- believe it doesn't hold up well, first of all, I mean, she's okay in Yentel, I suppose. And then she's in Prince of Tides, too. I guess she's fine. But, I mean, she's not an actress at all. Right. Well, what was
2: her – what was before, like, the boxing movie? Because she was also in a big – isn't it Ryan O'Neal?
1: There's another Ryan O'Neill movie, right? I don't know. Paper Moon. Is that it? That's the only one I know. Yeah, okay. Paper Moon. Well, she did – yeah. There's a but whole anyway, series of, like – The Born like, is unbelievable. It is. Like, okay. It's like she's really famous – And Uh it's a star vehicle. She's remaking it. The original one is the Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Right. Um, And there's like five, six minute singing things. Like just her in a room, just singing. I mean, it's amazing. (laughs) Wow. It's like. So. The reason I I say as an explanation, that's how big a star Barbara Streisand was. Was that was. Like people were like, oh, that's acceptable.
2: Right. They just gave her movies and said, go star in this. And then. Sing for six
0: minutes. I was trying guys, to think. Yeah. Do you remember the movie Nuts for the mid-80s with Richard <laughs> I, Dreyfuss? I, starring Barbara Streisand as a troubled prostitute servicing Carl Malden. I mean, right, her it, career is it, so bizarre. Like, I can't he's even, the
2: lawyer, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. He's That's the pretty sweet right there. All right. That's well, got everything. That's got like 80s lawyer movie and Barbara Streisand. And I mean- all right,
2: we we've got to move on. We I don't know if you noticed the uh, the times of our podcast, but they're creeping up. Oh yeah, um, we got to cut that. And Barbara, Streis- Barbara Streisand might be one of the reasons in this. My podcast. computer
0: is dinging at me, telling me to hurry up. Sorry, I don't know <laughs> how to turn that off. But uh, all
2: right, real quick news from 1974: Richard Nixon resigns and is pardoned, effective the, noon tomorrow. The yep. IRA begins bombings in London. Um. There's the Rumble in the Jungle, Ben. Oh. What was that? What Rumble, was
1: Rumble in, in the jungle? jungle. If you haven't seen the documentary When We Were Kings, the Ali-Fraser fight. It's Unbelievable. Just, uh, it's, it, it, like, with the Jordan documentary now, Right. People have said, it's the best, worst documentary ever, and I'm here for that. It's just unbelievable. It's oh, O.J. So
0: in America is still the best documentary. Yeah, that, Amer- but when We are at Kings is second. Yeah. I think those two, they're phenomenal. We're
2: watching uh, O.J. Made in America with our kids right now, and and they're just like- You are?
0: Yeah, yeah. You're going to let them watch part four it, of O.J. in America? It's the two oldest. Oh, okay. Our hey, kids, I, got, was, I was like, you're going to have some know. kids who will not sleep again. Right. I mean, The crime footage in that movie is as brutal as anything I've ever looked at in my life. I think. All right, back to the rumble in the jungle. Did you know that Muhammad Ali was titleless from sixty-seven to seventy-four?
1: Yeah, yeah. So he
2: wins it back at seventy-four. That's unreal. I didn't really put that together. Like, yeah, his—I knew that that he refused to fight in the Vietnam War, that his title was taken away. I didn't know it was seven years.
1: Yeah, a long time in the in the wilderness.
0: Amazing, um, that we saw that together, didn't we, Ben? When we were kids? I think that's in, right. Yeah, in the theater, I, I, God, I love that. That was such an Jeff, amazing. I went
1: ahead and read two different bi- biographies of him. Like he's just an amazing guy. Yeah,
2: Jeff Simon's, yep. um, uh, an author, made his debut in 1974. Who was that? <laughs> uh,
0: no, no help at all. Uh, I will give you help. I mean, I imagine more than one wrote a book, but this is obviously somebody I should know. Obviously someone you
2: should know. Who is the biggest writer in America right now? And I I use that word biggest with a little bit of trickery. (laughs) Oh, geez. Stephen King? Excellent. Uh -uh. Stephen King makes his debut at 26 with what book? I have no idea. Carrie? Carrie is correct. Oh, look Excellent. at that. Uh, ben Barton, which building becomes the world's tallest building in 1974?
1: It's the World Trade Center for like a month and then the uh, Sears Tower. Excellent.
2: Wow, good job. This is crazy to me. Elvis Presley's Aloha from Hawaii yep. has one billion viewers. I understand there are only three channels.
0: I get that. I but watch still, that. I remember, you, you were, I remember watching like? that. It was terrible. It's like Fat Elvis in the suit. He's singing My Way at the end. And again, that's another one of those moments as a child where I'm like, what is going on here? Like I was, My parents sat me down like, this is the greatest entertainer in the world. This is the greatest <laughs> singer. You're, this is such a magical event. You will not believe it. And this 300-pound beast in a sequined suit with, with mutton chops thicker than like hedgerows comes out on stage like no no obviously he's obviously like pilled and up he's sweating high as sweating a <laughs> <laughs> and I remember just thinking like life is gonna be weird. Like I wow. this is just like this Prepare is of evidence of that like the adults are barely running the asylum.
2: Oh my gosh. All right. Uh number one TV show,
1: Ben Barton. 1974 number one TV show. No, no guess. Jeff Simons. Uh,
0: emergency. It is all in the family.
1: Oh,
0: oh yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow. I've got a question about that coming up. Uh, we haven't done baby names since 1969. There no, we is haven't. no change in the boy's name, it is still Michael. Oh, okay. What is the girl's name? Jennifer. Jennifer is Jennifer. correct. Oh. Nice job. Number one name of 1974. Karen and Chad are both. Chad? 26th. Oh, 26th. 26th. Okay. Chad. Just in case. A lot of Karens and Chads have been in the news recently. That's right. Oh. All right. <laughs> Let's go to um, which song spent the most time at number one. Jeff Simons. Uh, "Barbara Streisand did enjoy three weeks at number one. But so did Terry Jacks. How about that?
0: Here we go. Seasons in the Sun. It's the number one hit. Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks.
1: Goodbye
2: to you, my trusted friend. We've known each other since we were nine or ten. Think of me, and I'll be there. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. But fun. the hills that we climbed were just seasons At out of time. At some point, the podcast has to have a video cast just to see Ben Barton's face when songs like that. Come on! <laughs> I
0: know. I know. First of all, is
2: that an ode to
1: suicide? What is going on? I what? believe. How, that. how do you know she's going to die? Why? What is that? How is that acceptable?
0: <laughs> is that crazy? I assume it's some kind of
2: like illness really soon. I've got, I've got two great facts. So I don't know if you guys know this, that he was a producer and he produced it with the beach boys and they recorded it. And then it didn't get on the beach boys album. Weird. Wow. So then he went and recorded it and made his own album. So the Beach Boys. Uh, and the Beach mean,
0: Boys were swimming in big hits at that point. What a right. stupid choice. There's the photo of big old of, uh, Terry Jack's. Photos work lo- really well on the podcast, but I just had to share it with my friends.
1: Right. he the mutton chops, too. Let's, oh, uh,
2: let's have a contest between the two of you who can answer this question quickest and most correctly. The B-side of the single was called Throw the Bone In.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> Terry Jacks. I was hoping it was Terry Jacks off, but I well, like Threw the Phone That's even better.
2: What was the song about?
1: I'm Throw sure it's bone. about a dog who's about to die, right? It's a theme it, record. His dog died,
2: and he did indeed write a song. This is the, the bone greatest in.
1: collection of songs about death since Bob Dylan's first record. It's really powerful. <laughs>
2: oh, man. Oh, God. That is really special. All right. I've got big questions for the two of you. I've got an impossible question for Jeff. Jeff, are you ready? I'm still reeling from Throw the Bone In, but I'm (laughs) going to do my best. I know. This is going to be rough. All right. You remember the top TV show of 1969
0: was Laughing. Yes. Rowan and Martin's
2: Laughing. Second was Gunsmoke, then Bonanza, then Mayberry RFD, then Family Affair. With Sissy and the the Butler, you remember Family Affair? Vaguely, very vaguely. So you've got that top five in 1969. The top five in 1974 mm-hmm. is all in
1: the family. Yeah, Sanford and Son. Oh, God.
2: Chico, Chico and the Man. I was yep. going. Oh, if you'd given me a second, I'd have had well, that. Oh, we for you? To guess?
1: the Jeffersons. Give me some the
2: Jeffersons. Jeffersons is fourth, and Mash is fifth. Jeff Simons, is America changing? Is it for better or worse? And do these two sets of TV facts
0: offer any clues? Ooh, I think um, what really happened is Norman Lear decided to start making TV shows because All in the Family and The Jeffersons and one of those other, not MASH, but one of the other two is also a Norman Lear vehicle. Um, that's so interesting is, I mean, you're asking me on a bad day, like, you know, these podcasts live in eternity, but like, uh, we've had yet another, right. uh, well, I don't want to get too political. So I'll just say uh, senseless murder of a citizen by a jacked up police department. Um, right. but, uh, George Floyd. sorry, Jay. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like, does this represent change or does it represent a moment where Americans wanted to be entertained by something that they uh, wanted to perceive was in the air, or was actually in the air? I'm very incoherent. I would say, yes, <laughs> I would say that the country was different in 1974 from 1969, but those changes didn't embed themselves and become roots in a way that we would have hoped.
2: Okay. That? Yeah, I think you did well. Uh, it's the impossible question. You certainly could have gone to uh, all sitcoms there. too, which is interesting.
0: Like we went from westerns right. and variety shows to westerns. sitcoms. That as equally interesting to me as the the multicultural quality of this. I, I mean,
2: think about 1969. Like the the a year removed from two awful assassinations, the Vietnam War rages on, and people are sitting down to watch Bonanza. Yeah, it's weird. That's funny. Like. Ah, all right. You
0: got, do you guys remember Chico and the Man? That I was do. A,
1: Chico and the Man was great.
0: That was a big afternoon rerun for me. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: my favorite yeah. of that group though is Sanford and Son. I lied oh, hard for Sanford. Right. And Son. Yes, that's hilarious is. that show.
0: It really is. It's funny to watch Red Fox try not to be vulgar, like he's holding it back. <laughs> I wonder how many I'll great outtakes there are. Of
1: those, first, those shows are a lot better than the '69 shows. Yeah, right. Right. And the second thing I'll say is that. It's a mixed bag, but I really miss naked, open discussion about race. Yeah. That's like, just something, you, like, you, right. you watch 10 minutes. You could choose any Sanford and Son episode and watch 10 minutes of it, and you're going to be like, whoa, that would yep. never happen. They're getting into they're it. They're completely right. not talking about that at all. Right. Um, and to a certain extent, that's because, you know, that's for salutary reasons, but it's a shame. It's really a shame because, like, that naked conversation, in my opinion, is part of what happens for healing.
2: Well, let's do it when we get to my song. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Well, dude,
1: hopefully it's the Sanford and Son
2: theme. It is not. I'm sorry. But what? I have an invitation to cynicism question for you, Ben Barton. All right. In 1974, Lucy is discovered in Ethiopia. She was the, um, the, the fossilized remains of an Austra, Australopithecus. We're not sure if there's a direct genealogy uh, between her and humans, because we're talking 3 million years ago. But here are two interesting facts about Lucy. She was named because the archaeologists digging at that site listened to the Beatles, uh, particularly Lucy in the Sky with diamonds, all the time as they dug. And she was a bipedal. With a small cranium leading to the theory that man's bipedalism preceded his brain development. In other words, man ran forward into the breach before he could really think. Can you give us any examples where you've seen that play out in your life?
1: Oh, for me
0: personally? Or in things you've observed? Wait, wait, I've got theme music for this conundrum. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look, Demi! All right, go ahead. (laughs) I'm just going to leave that on the table. I have no further information to share on that at all. I've leaned into many things with my small cranium. I can say that.
0: (laughs) Small cranium, but you can run. Like, let's go. That might actually be a great um, subtitle for my autobiography. Running fast for the small cranium. That's a pretty good <laughs> description of my entire so far.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to our three songs. Enough banter. <laughs> our three songs. Ben Barton, you get to go first this week. Oh, what do I'm you got excited. for us?
1: Oh, my uh, first beautiful. All right. So um, this is. The last great James Brown song.
0: Papa Don't Take No Mess by James Brown.
1: All right. So, so um, great. So hardest working man in show business. Jeff, how many studio albums did James Brown have in his career?
0: Oh, it's gotta be uh, over 50.
1: He's got 63 studio albums. Yeah, that sounds about right. 15 live albums and another 49 compilation albums. Yep. James Brown, if you go to the discography, it's freaking crazy. He's putting out two and three records a year all the way through here. Yeah. And the record direct, so this is a hilarious, this is a single off his double album, 1974, called Hell. Yeah. And Hell is just, like, that actually is a good description of 74. It's a real crappy year in America. And uh, the record before that the, the next to last great James Brown song is The Payback, and that's a banger also. That's another great one from 74. Here's the uh, Wikipedia topping headings. Okay. So we'll start at 60. 67 to 70 is Soul Brother number one. 70 to 75 is Godfather of Soul. 75 to 91, Decline and Resurgence. <laughs> okay. And then 91 to 2006 is Final Years. And then if you scroll down to the personal part, not so good. You have marriages and children. Off to a good start. Then the next topic is drug abuse. Uh-oh. The next topic is theft and assault conviction. <laughs> the next topic is domestic violence arrests. And then the last one is rape accusation. So wow. it kind of went off the rails a little. And it's actually, it's really kind of sad. Like, so uh, we had him in uh, 70. He's Yeah, he's super bad. He's still killing it now. And he's in his 40s. But the wheels are totally coming off. So he's famous for running the tightest ship in show business. He would fire dudes in his band if they'd been drinking, let alone doing drugs. Really? Yeah, yeah. totally.
0: Mid and he, fi- he fined guys for mistakes on stage. Like you got fined for missing notes or missing steps.
1: Yeah. Wow. He's like a, a, like a complete detail-oriented nut. And the crazy thing is he's putting out all these records, and you go through it, and he writes most of the songs up until this last Papa Don't Take No Mess record and then it appears like it's unclear exactly when he starts taking PCP but it's somewhere in this neighborhood yeah, that, <laughs> and that does not work out for him PCP at all. the one that people will remember the one where he actually goes to jail is a crazy story just to show how high this guy is <laughs> so, so there's great. a conference center next to his house and he's convinced that people at the conference center are coming over to his pool house and going to the bathroom so he shows up in a bathrobe high as hell with a shotgun. Oh no. And he interrupts an insurance convention. It's a group of insurance adjusters in a room, and James Brown comes in with a shotgun. Who the hell's reused my bathroom? Who the hell's reused my bathroom? Oh, I'm gonna no. kill the next motherfucker I see in my bathroom. <laughs> Takes off in his car, then there's a police chase that goes out of South Carolina into Georgia back into South Carolina. And he oh was my insane. god. Oh yeah, terrible. He ends up spending uh, a, a minute in jail, like a, a medium-length period in jail.
2: Right, because he'd gotten out of jail when he was in that gospel group, you said. Oh yeah, and no,
1: but dude, like uh, in terms of the artists who actually live the life versus talk about the life, poor James Brown actually lived the life. Like he Holy was in so and so out of prison and in and out of trouble, for sure. Oh, um, all all of that being said, this song is amazing. Okay. Part of the reason why I love it is I and you'll see this as the list goes on. I have an ongoing musical dialogue about masculinity and about okay. fatherhood. And this is one of the first ones about that. So Interesting. Some of the thing are obviously not reflective of good parenting, uh, including the fact that Pop will slap you around, like that's probably suboptimal. Sure. Um but there's this whole thing about the father. And the father being both a caring parent and an involved parent, but also like this intense masculine, uh, like idol. Okay. Super interesting. Um, and for me personally, having lived through being a father, like it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. The masculinity that we grew up with and the masculinity that we project now. Oh, all worth thinking about. And I consider this sort of exhibit 1A. This is a good one to think about.
2: You know, I, I was talking to one of my children the other day about, um, processing feelings and expressing insecurities and you know
0: that you told him to shut that shit right down i hope (laughs) the hell is going on here i mean i
2: i think what i said was that was the thing that we were taught to avoid at, at all costs expressing vulnerabilities dealing with insecurities like holy cow and, and and meanwhile our fathers and their fathers were that much uh, more unhealthy with things like that and how they define masculinity
1: yeah I've had the good luck to have daughters so it actually made it easier for me I think I didn't uh-huh. like I didn't like raising a son I think would have been harder I'd be curious to hear what Jeff thinks and you got a son too right then
0: I did I have two Tim's yeah, got like was... three or four of each. Don't worry. Yeah. Whole... You're <laughs> like James Brown,
1: just dropping that baby batter. He's
0: yeah. got a starting five.
2: All right. <laughs> Let's uh, keep things moving.
0: What do you got, Jeff? Uh, I have super music nerddom this, this year. Huh. Um, I'm trying to only do one song per band. So okay. um, a couple, cause I, I'm sure that the song that actually means the most to me from 1974 is Book Young Reggae Woman by Stevie Wonder. Like, but I've already picked Stevie Wonder. So um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put it second. So one of the things I loved about um, the old days of record collecting was having to wait two or three years to find a record that you really wanted to hear. I, I don't know how kids now figure out what to listen to because everything's available, right? Like you just go on Spotify and like, and you're like, uh, music question mark. Um, but when in the eighties, oh, like they'll, they'll go
2: to this I, podcast,
0: they'll go to this podcast. But in the eighties, like I would read about a band in Rolling Stone or some magazine and the records were out of print. So you couldn't, you couldn't hear it. So you would hear about this great band and I had a list in my wallet of like 50 records that if I ever saw it, I was just gonna buy. Boom. because oh, like, cool. so much stuff was out of print. Like it's hard to imagine. But in 1986, like Van Morrison's entire catalog was out of print and not on C D. And uh, the Beatles didn't go on to C D until 1986. And I mean like you just couldn't you couldn't find right. records. And the the holy grail for me was this band from Memphis called Big Star. which got name checked by everybody I liked at the time, like R.E.M. and The Replacements and all these bands. But you couldn't hear Big Star and you couldn't buy the records and nobody ever played them on the radio. So uh, I was at Olson's Old Town Records in Alexandria, Virginia. And when I finally found a copy of the first two Big Star records. Um, And so my number one song from 1974 is the first track, on Big Star's second record of two. They only made two before they all fell apart. It's called Oh My Soul. Um, And it happens to be a song I absolutely adore. But part of what I love about it is it represents a particular moment of music consumption for me where I I cared so much about finding and hearing music that I was bound to love this record even if I didn't love it. And Uh the fact that after years of searching for it and putting it on I found it like majestic and lovable um it just made it all that more meaningful to me so here's oh my soul from big star oh my soul by big star So fun. So fun. Uh, Super upbeat. Uh, And also like this kind of music usually doesn't get great production. Like one of the bummers about liking like kind of loud rock and roll from the 70s that if a band wasn't already established, they probably didn't have a lot of money. And so the production values are kind of crappy. Like there's a bunch of great records from the 70s and 80s that don't sound good. Uh But these guys were all friends with the guys who owned Ardent Studios in memphis which is one of the best sounding studios of the time period so big star is recorded from midnight to five in the morning oh. after whoever paid the bills that day went home and these guys would like work as studio engineers for other projects on major labels and they, they were making this at night so you wow. get this get this rock trio that can play That's its ass three off people That's a th- Three. And there's no overdubs on that it's just three guys playing live wow and, but how's with, that like, possible there's a keyboard Oh, the, the, the organ's overdubbed at the end, you're right. Okay. But not, the organ doesn't come in until like the 45 second mark. It's mostly just guitar, bass, drums, and vocal. That's um, great. But the production value is so incredible. Like that was the thing is you put on that record and the drums are enormous and that's just, it's rare to get that great pop rock sound and that like million dollar production value in one record. So
2: And I love
0: the guy's lyrics. Whatever, whatever happened to them? Um, well, Chilton. So Chris Bell and Alex Chilton were a duo and Chris Bell and they broke up. Ch- Bell isn't there for the second record and he passes away in the late 1970s. And then Chilton just battled mental illness for his whole life and died about four or five years ago. Um, but Big Star had a little secondary moment, like in the early nineties, uh, a band called the Posies, uh, were hired by Chilton and Jody Stevens, the drummer to become like big star. And they toured as big star in the early nineties and made a record. So at least Chilton had a moment where he got recognized and all right. of the guys of a next generation name checked him as a big influence. Yeah. Is but. there
2: a song that mentions Alex
0: Chilton, Alex Chilton by the replacements? Yeah.
2: By the replacements. Okay. I, I mean, I knew, I knew that. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, you guys but did super, really,
0: but super nerdy as well. Like Ben's holding back. Like, it's a, it's a weenie, rock, elitist <laughs> choice, and I fully own and acknowledge that. Yeah, that this aspect. is one of those
1: ones where um, – and this will happen more. When we get into the 2000s, there will be stuff that I recommended to Jeff that he didn't like. Uh-huh. I, 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 I'm fully aware that, <laughs> awesome, that everybody loves Big Star, but I'm just not – I'm like, it's fine. Like, I, didn't, I didn't hate it, but uh, you guys know the actual shaggy dog joke where the dog Uh, keeps going to different, and I won't tell the long version of it, but the dog keeps going to different dog shows. And each uh time that's a shaggy dog. That's the shaggiest dog I've ever seen. First prize. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then they get to the very last one and they get to the last judge. And he's like, that's fine. That was how I (laughs) felt.
2: That's all right. All right. Well, you guys guys did really well. Uh, I love both of those songs. Unfortunately, that was not... The best song of 1974. I have the best song of 1974. Lucky us. Uh, I am also, this is one of my cheat years. So I am picking a song released in 73, but that was still charting in 1974. Uh, We are allowed to do this. This is fudging. Yes. So I'm going uh, back to Inner Visions. Nice. And uh, my Stevie Wonder song um Living for the city
0: ah it's oh, good one here we go Living
1: for the city by Stevie Wonder <laughs>
2: One of the most depressing things that has happened in our adult lives. I see if you guys agree with me to find out that Bill Cosby is a monster. Like that was such a bummer. Uh, I don't, I don't know that song without Bill Cosby and the Cosby show. And I don't know.
1: What episode he, was that? I don't remember that.
2: He starts walking up the stairs. Um, and he, I, I think he would like yelled at Theo or something like that. Or, 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 or maybe, maybe it was the other kids were singing kind of contemporary Stevie Wonder songs and Bill Cosby goes back to Intervisions and, and Living for the City and he starts singing it. And that was the first time I had ever heard of it. And I don't think, I, I don't think people today understand the, um, the, the amazing influence the Cosby show had For a white kid from the suburbs in the 1980s. Um, And it just sucks that like you can't reference it anymore.
0: On the plus side, the DVD collections are available for very little money on Amazon. (laughs) Have you looked up Cosby show complete volume one? I mean, they are for sale for like a nickel. It is unbelievable. I I bet. Yeah, I bet. I mean, can you imagine watching one right now? No? Nope. Oh. They aged be, really badly really quickly though, didn't you It'd think? be like, so
2: uncomfortable.
0: I caught a Cosby show on like Nick at Night in the late 90s and uh, the timing's all weird and slow okay. and strange. Like there's whole, there's whole like four minute stretches without a joke where like, he's right. talking to Vanessa about a chemistry project and there's <laughs> it just, it's not a joke. It's like, you know, we'll have you taking your notes and organized your, I mean, that show was, was, uh, uh, uh-huh. It was interestingly moralistic even when it was masquerading as a comedy show. I I hear what you're
2: saying, but coming out of the 1970s where it's Sanford and Son and the Jeffersons and good times, boy, The Cosby Show offers us a very different family dynamic uh, when you literally don't know any black people. You're growing up. Do you know I grew up in the most Irish town in America?
0: How do they just in terms of like percentage of Irish descent or yes. Wow. Ninety-eight percent. Ninety-eight percent Irish? That's and a amazing.
2: couple couple of Protestants from Canada. I don't know. I think that was it.
0: Who got lost on the way to somewhere <laughs> else? Yeah.
2: <laughs> ben, where'd you grow up? I don't even know. Brooklyn. You grew up in Brooklyn? Yeah. Ah. Okay. That's very different than, than the Irish Riviera of situate, Massachusetts.
0: Um, Jeff, you're in Annapolis? Yeah. Well, yeah, all over the place, but Annapolis for the last um, six or seven years, yeah, before I went to college.
2: Right. Yeah, I, and I just think, you, you know, this this, this guy who gets killed in Minneapolis, and, and this keeps happening. Yeah, George Floyd is his name, and, and it's, it's because white America – Uh, or much of white America doesn't necessarily have those moments with black America. You know, Brian Stevenson talks about getting uh, proximate to black people and um, it just doesn't happen enough. And for a kid like me, it it would happen through the Cosby show. And then, Oh, that leads me to this song uh, where Stevie wonder has a, Interlude, this strange interlude in this awesome jamming song, where all of a sudden there's someone being harassed by a cop, um, and it kind of comes out of nowhere. And you know, to, to my sensibilities as a, a young white boy, is like, oh, he's kind of ruining his song. What the heck is he doing here at this moment?
0: Oh, that's interesting because that's also a really interesting intra-racial moment, right? Like. He's the he's the easy mark who's come up from the south. It's a right. great migration narrative, right? Like, wow, skyscrapers and everything, and then like the the kind of street smart hood is like, hey man, just hold this for me, I'll be right, right. back, and then he gets falsely identified, right? And the I mean, the, everything about that is so interesting because you know, Wonder famously had uh, an integrated band, like Wonderland, the band that tours InterVision is half white, including. Like the lead guitar player in that band is the same guy who wrote Maniac from the Flashdance movie. Stop it. Michael Sembello. I mean, it's like, it's all these like LA studio cats, a lot of whom are white. Like, so Wonder himself, uh, is, is a fascinating figure in that, in this moment of, of racial politics Mm -hmm. and negotiation in the early seventies, you know, like, uh, an artist who appears in a dashiki on the cover of Inner Visions. Right. But has a has an integrated band and, and a message about race that is and he's not in, in any way he's, and not yeah, right. And not in any way, um, divisive, you know.
2: Uh, all right. Final thoughts for 1974. This is fun because we're getting to these uh these
0: years where we're actually kind of sentient human beings. Yeah, yeah so what, are, are we all in kindergarten that year? 74 is kindergarten for me.
2: It has to be, yeah. I was in uh, I was in Montclair, New Jersey, and I was, in, oh, my God, it's the craziest story. We'll end the podcast here. My earliest memory was being in kindergarten and this kid saying that he had ESP. And I was like, no. And then he guessed what this girl was thinking. And then the teacher comes over. And we're all like, he he can read minds. And she goes, "What am I thinking right now?"
1: <laughs> and he—that's awesome. I like this gal.
2: He looks at her and he he's, he says, "You're thinking Jesus loves all of us." It was a Catholic school. She was a nun, and she she just looked disturbed. And she's like, "That's very good." And then she walked away. And I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god, that's you can awesome. read minds." Now I look back. Odds are, you know, he, she was a nun. He was,
0: <laughs> in my experience, that is not what nuns are thinking. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. No, for sure. I do not want to hear any about your experience with nuns.
1: No, I, All right. Right. I was in well, Catholic I'm kindergarten, the too. i and say, except for you, Billy. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: Exactly. I went to Catholic kindergarten as well, Tim, actually. Did. I went, yeah, I was at St. Michael's. Uh, or maybe oh. it was Episcopal, but it was religious. And it's my only year of religious schooling was kindergarten. And uh, unsurprisingly, I got in a lot of trouble. Uh-oh,
2: you were asking too many questions. I Apparently,
0: I don't remember this, but apparently the entire first week I spoke like Huckleberry Hound. Just for no reason. Like, I just had a fix. So I just came in talking like this. and <laughs> my, my parents got a call like, is he all right? Did he get like, it's Rhode Island. It was Newport, Rhode Island. And I'm like, "What's all this on this side. And then um, Mrs. Case hated me. And I, there was a dunce corner. There was like a, a dunce corner. There was it? For
2: Huckleberry yeah. Hound? Aww.
1: No, and for other things, too. Okay. I got in a lot of trouble. I'm so you should have stuck, stuck the Huckleberry Hound, man. That was working for you. That You're was. I actually, it was all
0: downhill from there.
2: Actually, I'll, I will send you 100 bucks if at tomorrow's faculty meeting you go in with that voice.
0: I'm Here's ready. Here's what I want to do next year. Yeah, well, we'll go. I got a whole plan <laughs> that involves lying down for a minute. <laughs>
2: Thanks so much for listening to 50 Years of Music. Check us out on Twitter and give us some advice.
0: Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's
2: daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, Free From Bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric
0: production. Electric Electric
1: Welcome to the Candle Power Hour.